Hey everybody, uh, before we start the show, I've mentioned this a few times, um, but I have a song out right now on Spotify, it's called Lucky by me, Zach Tompkins, um, so I'm going to leave a little preview of it here, just so you can hear a little snippet, a little self-advertisement. Uh, if you like it, go on Spotify, search my name Zach Tompkins, Z-A-C-H-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S, it's called Lucky, you can check it out there, um, you know, throw it a like. Share it with your friends. It's on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon, a bunch of places you can get music from. Check it out, uh, and I hope you enjoy today's episode despite the technical difficulties in the middle. It was still a fun one. Thanks, everybody. I'm James. And I'm Andy. And we host the Broadway Boys Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Every Monday we talk New York Rangers, news from around the league, and all aspects of the hockey lifestyle. It's a power play goal! It's never been a better time to be a Rangers fan, so tune in and join us as we break down games, prospects, rumors, and more as we follow the Blue Shirts on their quest towards the Stanley Cup. Our takes are all our own. And not always legally binding. But you're not going to want to miss all the guests, rants, speculation, and the occasional overreaction. He to the he scores! He scores! The Rangers win! Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and catch new episodes every Monday morning on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and more. And this one will last a lifetime! So what are you waiting for? Subscribe, follow, and listen to the Broadway Boys podcast today. And be sure to check out all the exciting content on the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, baby! Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya, and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
Rubber boots? What does that mean? It's another reason to talk about the Hurricanes, and this time it's because of something that they did on the ice during the game, which is cool. Nobody in Russia is named Craig. I'm upset. I'm upset, Sam. Now and I hit record. Re now it says recording. In it's, I bet, yeah. See, you could have told me. Well, yeah, Nobody, I, mean, I know the difference. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on right now. But what's going on is that Sam and I have just been having, apparently, a, a fucking friendly conversation uh, just to catch up via Zoom for, like, the last, I don't know, 15 minutes at least. Um, and so that's cool. It's always nice to... <laughs> Just be doing stuff that you thought you were doing for a purpose for no reason. But Sam, how are you, my friend? Never better. Living the dream. Living the dream? Currently sitting at home, so that's nice. Uh, it's always nice. Snuggling with the dog every now and then, so I uh, kind of just go to the fridge a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're definitely living the dream. You got dogs and a fridge? I mean, you're set. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to be me sometimes. Yeah, is it? Um, I mean, you got you're a ginger, so like you got the society yeah, against you, pretty much. That's always a, that's always a tough start, but <laughs> yeah, you, know, you kind of started off on the wrong foot. All what was my, that? I said it's tough being me, just simply because Tampa and Boston can't hit o the over today, so that was tough. That might have been a dumb forced bet on my part, but I mean, it was very possible they didn't hit four posts. Yeah. Break I like away. the five and a half better than when you told me it, it moved to six. I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I mean, five and a half still lost anyway because they're a bunch yeah. of clowns. Yeah, I would have probably bet on that though. I think Pasternak looks like shit. Yeah, well, he's been celebrating too much, you know, hurting himself. I don't even is that true? Do we know that that's true, or did somebody I make that? Up? I feel like he got hurt prior to that and just like made it a lot. Okay. Cool. Because that's what I heard. Is that what you heard too? That he hurt himself celebrating that game? Yeah, I heard game. that he got hurt celebrating. I don't think that's true. I would like. To, I, I would rather believe that that's true. Or the goal. He was already like cringing and went, like wincing in pain. Yeah. So like. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah, hurt himself on the way to it. Worse on the celebration too. <laughs> or somebody was just like, he got hurt celebrating too much. <laughs> so. Well, in my mind, like my ideal reality. I would like to believe that he hurt himself celebrating. That's the world I want to live in. I mean, so that's all this what happened. I mean, that's funny. Especially it's like that one kicker or punter for the Cardinals who tore his ACL after kicking like a 43 yard field goal to like tie the game up and then just like tore his ACL. Yeah. Just like celebrating and running down the field. So, well, that's what you fucking get, you know? Yeah, and then Don't I think they losing in overtime because the backup kicker missed. <laughs> they went down the field and like fucking scored. So <laughs> fun yeah. times. If you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you're probably used to that anyway. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like, I doubt we have any Arizona Cardinals fans listening to this, but um, you know, you know who who can relate to that? The Panthers fans. Mm. See, I've distanced myself from the Panthers recently, you know, moving to Georgia and then the fact that what are they doing? You know, it's easy. It's easy to just 
stop paying attention to it. Feels better. Yeah. Like just Falcons. pretend they don't exist. Falcons yeah. are a lot better. No, fuck the Falcons. I'll still never be a Falcons fan. Okay, so then who do you like? I don't even watch the NFL anymore, to be honest with you. Just kind of. Do you just? Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, Whatever you're about to say, yes, that's that is what I do. Big loser. Mm, that wasn't a good enough insult for the amount of time you took to think about it. I'm disappointed. I know you can bring better. I know we're under recording right now, so. Um, oh, I mean, it's there's no. Everyone's getting in trouble for hot mics right now, so uh, I'm also hot mics. Hot mics. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know, buddy. I don't think that anybody coming on this podcast is. I don't think I don't think anybody coming on this podcast is gonna have enough people see anything to where they're gonna get canceled. Also, like, who are we? You know, who are we? I don't know. Maybe one day when I'm like 75 and I want to run for president, someone. That's a bad idea. You you should. This would be helping you. Huh. If you if you are seventy five and you decide to run to run for president, which first of all I probably won't be alive because the world's been trying to kill me for years, so I highly doubt I make it to seventy whatever. But uh, if if you, if that is what you decide, I will one hundred percent save all my money from this point right now until then and spend it all hiring you know some commercial producing team to produce an ad, being like this is what this guy said in his life, just so you know, and then <laughs> put that out there. So if you don't get canceled now. I'll definitely make sure at 75 you're, you're canceled as fuck and you're sitting at home. I appreciate it. I was only going to offer you vice president anyway, but you know, don't want it. Don't want it. No. If you give me, if I'm going to let you know this and then you can make the decision based off of this. If you, if you make me your vice president at 75 or whatever, I will definitely start introducing like low levels of poison into your coffee or something in the morning to where it looks like you died naturally. And then I get to be president. Yeah, rice them. Just die from the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, straight out of fucking Breaking Bad. Yeah. Or here's another thing. I announce you as my VP. Everyone sees how ugly you are. And then Mm -hmm. they don't vote for you. (laughs) We can't have this guy on TV, you know? I mean, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Think about some of the presidents that have been elected. Not a lot of lookers. Not a lot of lookers in the group. So maybe maybe we would be a welcome JFK. Surprise. Yeah. Well, JFK sounded like fucking God. I don't even know whether it's it's just I mean, definitely the Boston accent was intense, but then when you couple that with the fact that, you know, the recording devices make everybody sound like they're talking through their nose anyway. And I mean, jeez, man. It's like a different breed of person. <laughs> Good thing, he, you know. Good thing, you know, he had the looks, but yeah, more of a you're more of a Richard Nixon if I have to take a guess. <laughs> I don't know, Herbert. man. Or a Herbert Hoover. I don't even know. I know that Herbert Hoover was a president, and I have that's it. That's all I know. So you know, the, sure. The, I don't know whether the, to be offended by that. I don't like power guy. Big fan of the Hoover Dam. Yeah, that's fine. I can get on board with that. I like water. And electricity together. Yeah, that's how I die, probably. Sydney try to throw the radio at you (laughs) in the bathroom? Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, those are the kind of things I can relate to, for sure. Perfect. Um, All right, well, now that we've lost most of our audience. (laughs) Yeah. Now that we've lost most everyone listening to this. Um. You want to talk about the Canes real quick? Sure. I guess we can get that out of the way. Yeah. So can you see? Can you see my screen here with the the cap 
cat friendly up? Yes, I can. Cool. Nobody else can see it. And we don't give a fuck about you audience. This is for me and Sam only. Um, Hurricanes have a few free agents going on in the Ford group. They've got uh, Warren Fogle, restricted free agent. Uh, Justin Williams, who we'll get to, is unrestricted free agent. Then in the defense is where most of the guys are. Joel Edmondson's unrestricted free agent. Sammy Vatnin's an unrestricted free agent. Trevor Van Riemsdyk is an unrestricted free agent. And then Hayden Fleury is the lone restricted free agent. Um, and then you got some guys down in Charlotte that maybe we can get to. But I guess maybe starting from you know the Ford group down and keeping sure. in mind that if we scroll down here, we can see that the Hurricanes have a projected 9.15 mill in cap space next year um so you know if they if they want to add any other pieces they have to spend obviously less than that um and then thinking forward to you know 21 22 which if i look at it they have 32 million in cap space but you've got both goalies that need contracts you got dougie hamilton needs a contract you have um andre Sveshnikov needs a contract so that's a lot of that's a lot of money in addition to whatever you spend this year so i would you know I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if the Hurricanes either are signing contracts that are expiring for those new deals, or are you know leaving themselves a little bit of space this year if if they if they have to do that. But um, you know, Warren Fogle is a guy right now coming off of you know a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar deal. Obviously, he's going to get more than that because the league minimum is more than that. But as a restricted free agent, is he a guy you sign? As my dog barks in the background. Uh, I I think so. I absolutely. I I'm a big Warren Fogel fan. I you know I think he definitely brings his benefits. Um, I mean even just in the playoffs last year, he he stepped up and was just just one of those guys that just you never would have expected it. But he fucking <laughs> your dog off. <laughs> but he, he just stepped up in the right places when you need him. Um, you know, he's a big body. He moves. You can kind of put him on any line and put him on the power play. Maybe, probably not on the PK, but, you know, he, he's just one of those guys. He's very, uh, I don't know, he's got a, a variety of, I guess what's the word, utilities that uh, you can use. So he's a... Uh, Definitely uh, one guy that I would re- uh, resign. Not not sure for how much for. I don't know. Probably. I don't know how much he would probably ask for. Probably close to two ish million, I guess. Right? Would you say? Uh, uh for yeah. For Fogel, I'm gonna pretend that I was listening to that. I had to go put my dog in the crate. Um, well, two million yeah. for Fogel. Um, yeah. how? What kind of term are you talking? I don't know. Probably two, three years. I don't think he's a guy that you sign for like five years, like Aho. Like, yeah, no, no, no. He definitely gets a bridge deal for sure. Um, a guy that is never going to get a long-term deal unless he kind of matures into, yeah. you know, at least a top nine guy every day on any team. And I guess mm-hmm. if we look at Brock McGinn's contract, he got two years, 2.1 million. I mean, mm-hmm. do we think that Fogel is, is more or less than McGinn? You know, a guy who's kind of been in the system a little longer. I think he's, Probably closer. Yeah, I mean, he he's just a bigger I, – I feel like he's a bigger Brock McGinn. He'll go out and bang bodies, but, like, he's also a skilled player too. Um, I, I think – Did you see that Brock McGinn breakaway goal, though, in whatever game that was? Oh, yeah, that was disgusting. That was pretty filthy. Yeah. Game, Brock's game. got some skill. Yeah, he does. He pulls it out every now and then. I think – no, I think Brock's, again, just one of those players that has come up through the system. He's, like, one of – because the Kings drafted him, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yeah, he came up through the system. He's just one of those guys that goes to work hard. He's he's a great player to have, and you know he has his off games, but he has his great games where he stands out. And like you said, he can score when he needs to. Big PK guy. So, but and I think I think Fogel Shut also the does. Fuck But I Sorry. think no, you're good. Who was that? Huh? Who was that? No, the dog's barking, dude. What are they barking at? Who knows? No one knows. Mystery of the times. But, Probably barking at their own shadows. But anyway, as you were. Sorry. Uh, no, but I, I, I think like Brock again. I think Warren Fogel is very valuable to the team. Um, I think just like any other player, uh, they have their good games and they have their bad games. So. Um, but I absolutely would re-sign Warren Fogel. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if, if I'm Warren Fogel's agent, I'm, I'm looking at that Brock McGinn contract, and I'm pushing for more. And yeah. because I'm yeah. saying, you know, this is a similar player who's been on your team, same kind of role, but look what he did in the playoffs last year. You can see his potential. We, we feel like he's going to be this. And if you're the team, you're saying, okay, well, he might be that, but he's not yet. So... Like, where are we, you know? Well, I, you know, I think after the playoffs, everyone thought that he was going to come back in the regular season and just mm-hmm. and step up a little. And, and I, yeah. I don't know if he exactly did that point from all points-wise, but you have to look at the other things that he provides, too. You know, he, he's a big body. He's a skill forward. He, he does well with the transition. Um, he does a lot of the little things right. So um, I would say... Yeah, no, I, I mean, absolutely. He'll probably get more than Brockman again because that's what everyone tries to do. They try to compare against each other. Obviously, like everyone's able to look up a contract and see what someone else is making. I mean, we're yeah. able to we're able to do it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the GMs probably have a pretty good idea. Yeah, of what the other players are making. Yeah, so I mean, I here's think- the other thing though: is that Brock's contract came via uh, arbitration, if you remember yeah. last year. So, um, fairly certain Warren Fogel has not, is not arbitration eligible. Yeah. Because it's his first, like he's coming off his entry level. Correct. So, um, you know, there's that. And so I guess thinking that way, he's probably going to have to take, you know, that 2.1 or less because his only other option is holding out, you know, once his team, unless somebody wants to offer sheet Warren Fogel and that's just not going to happen. So uh, yeah. he's not you, an auto or the Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of run out of options as a, you know, restricted free agent coming off your entry level as a guy that's not Andre Svechnikov. You know, that guy has some leverage. You want to get that deal done. You don't want him sitting out of an, you know what I mean? Same thing sure. with Aho. Aho had the leverage to a certain extent and he got it by, you know, going through the, the ways his agent decided to go through taking the offer sheet deal and all that sort of stuff. But Warren Fogel's not going to have that. And he's not going to have an arbiter to, or arbitrator or whatever the fuck that word is. I don't know. I can just make yeah. one up. Um, he's not going to have that person to be able to, you know, give him a fair shake in it, you know? Like he's going to be kind of at the mercy of what the team's willing to offer him and whether he's willing to, you know, sit out or not. Um, but I, I will say that I'm a, I'm a big proponent uh, that the guys like Brock McGinn – um, you know, Jordan Martinuk, Warren Fogel, like those guys matter a lot. It's the reason why I've liked uh, Morgan Geeky's game a lot since he's come up because you need those guys. Like you, I think the Hurricanes' biggest flaw this season 
uh, compared to last year. And I mean, obviously they started off better. They got more skill and everything and they could score way more goals. We saw that, but how many more goals were they giving up than we used to them seeing? And I think that the reason why other teams might say the hurricanes weren't the hardest team to play against is because they weren't always the best at winning every board battle. They weren't, you know, they didn't have a relentless forecheck. Like they might've had good shifts, but it's not like all game. You're just getting worn down by this team that is just dominating the neutral zone. And then, you know, pinning you in your own zone and drawing penalties and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that was the hurricanes MO last year. And that's, that's what from the start of whatever 2019, on made them you know one of the best teams in the league and then a run to the eastern conference finals until they run into a bruins team that was just clearly better than they were you know what i mean um and so they tried to compensate for that skill difference by getting a bunch of skilled guys but they were all in the realm of like finesse players and and then you look at the i don't know i i I guess i wouldn't say this i was going to say you look at trading away a guy like lucas walmark who was you know not going to get you 25 goals a season, but was another guy who was defensively responsible and could win, you know, battles and was a decent four checker. And, you know, is another guy that makes you harder to play against, I think. Uh, but you get back a Vincent Trocek, who I think, you know, when fully healthy and adjusted to the team, like is a good, I liked him in the playoffs a lot. I thought he was a good uh, grinder on the boards when he needed to be. And then, you know, I mean, that toe drag is, is filth. <laughs> so I think that that's an improvement, but you need more guys that are willing to kind of do those things. And so you lose a Warren Bogle. And to me on a team where you already need to add more Brock McGinn's or someone who has that style, but maybe can bring more of the skill. Um, you know, you can't lose any of that. Like you already need more, you can't lose any of it. So I think he's a guy that they need to, to have on the roster. That's just my thought. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that, you. I think that around the two million is um, is you know probably what he's going to get, and whether or or whether they just qualify, you know, whether they qualify him now and he gets paid whatever it would be, you know, nine hundred thousand or so for one year, yeah. kind of like Hayden Flurry, uh, and it is what it is. You know, the next year's year you get paid. I actually, I probably see it going that way. If I'm the team, I try to keep him around one million because I can, you know, and I need cap space, and then we worry about it. The next year, when we already have a million different contracts to negotiate anyway, but exactly. So if we if we if we call it, maybe let's meet in the middle and we'll call it one point five for Warren Fogel. Then that takes the Hurricanes' available cap space down to about seven point six. Okay, so keeping that in mind, um, I'm going to skip Williams because I think we can kind of talk about him going forward. I think it's more on him than it is the team, and so like there's you know whatever. There's no point in guessing on whether or not he's coming back. Um, you've got all these defensemen. You've got Joel Edmondson, who I think was a really good addition to the team this year. You got Sammy Votnin, who, um, you know, didn't play a lot of games for the team as a trade deadline acquisition, but showed signs of positive things. Um, and you got Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who, you know, has been such a reliable right-handed third pairing defenseman for a few years now. Um, and then Hayden Flurry as a restricted free agent who really kind of, um, you know, blossomed in the second half of the season and especially in the playoffs was probably one of the hurricanes best defensemen and the offense, you know, a guy that could never score a goal was starting to put up some goals this year. And it was real exciting. Yeah. He scored that goal when we were in Montreal that uh, I remember was pretty, that. yeah, that was awesome. I don't so, remember. I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. All the defensemen were scoring. Like, exactly. All and three then, goals were from the point. I mean, yeah. one was a deflection by Williams in front, but... Right. How hype was that, by the way, when they tied it with, like, one minute left or whatever? 
oh my god, that was so much fun. All those Canadians fans thought we were killing the most silence, man. But then wasn't that that there was that suite behind us that was like Hurricanes fans in it, wasn't it? Because I remember we were turning around like high fiving people, and I was like, what are you doing here? Exactly. Yeah. Are you guys lost too? Yeah, exactly. Um, but so out of Edmondson, Vatanen, Van Riemsdyk, and Flurry, keeping in mind that Flurry is a restricted free agent. Who, if you're a Don Waddell, what do you think your kind of top priority? Like, if you had to rank those guys one through four, and who you need to keep and, and rely on, and who you can kind of do without? Like, what's your order for them? I think Edmondson is number one. Uh, I was very impressed with him this year. I, I think he, I think he was a great replacement for Justin Falk. I mean, you got some guys that are able to score, especially like Dougie and uh, Slavin every every now and then. So I mean, that kind of took the that replaced the I guess the Falk scoring from the blue line uh, perspective. But uh, Edmondson's like one of those stay at home guys. He's big. He's strong. He moves guys out of the way. He, you know, if you're going to come in front of the net, you are going to pay a price. And I mean, mentally that takes a toll on the opposing team. You're like, oh God, here we go. I got to go stand up against this. I don't know how tall is uh, Joel Edmondson. I don't know. I'm going to guess like, like six, six, three. Yeah. Six, four, something. Six, three, six, four. He's huge. All right. Yeah, he's a, big he probably guy. a lot too. So he's a big guy. He's tough to, I mean, he, I think fundamentally he's a very sound defenseman, a very sound defensive defenseman. Um, and then with that being said, he also scores goals too. He, yeah. you know, he, I mean, he can let him rip from the point every, I guess he's good for one breakaway a season or you know, uh, I mean, he's good for like big goals. Like every now and then you'll just see a random goal come out of him from the blue line. So he puts the puck on net when he's at the point. Um, yep. as you should, if you get the opportunity to, and, um, no, I like Joel Edmondson. I think he's would be a, uh, a, a great key for the hurricanes. Uh, I guess, I don't know. What do you think about um, that being him being number one? Uh, yeah. I mean, so here are my thoughts again. You just heard me kind of, <sighs> these dogs are going to kill me, dude. You, you just heard me say that. I think that that physicality and that, you know, being difficult to play against is like the number one place where the hurricanes need to get better. Um, And so same, same argument as like a Fogel or a McGinn is like, you need to improve this area. You definitely can't afford to lose it. So to me, I could see Edmondson getting away from the Canes because of, you know, uh, uh, um, Sorry, God, this dog is driving me fucking nuts. Give me, give me one sec. Let me, let me fix this problem, and then I'll get back to it.
Oh, all right. Sorry. The dog has now joined, joined the discussion. So, um, <laughs> anyway, what I was saying, I'm pretty sure was that the hurricanes need that Joel Edmondson presence. So, you know, I could see him getting lost in kind of a, uh, you know, typical unrestricted free agency stuff where someone values him higher than the hurricanes do. And from a management perspective, you're like, I got to get value for my dollars. Cause I only have so many. I understand that. Yeah, no, um, I, I could see that happening. But at the same time, if you let Joel Edmondson go, you better you better replace that. Or to me, you get worse. You know, I, the Hurricanes defense is great, and you can't undermine you know how much how big of a deal it's going to be to get Brett Pesci back. That's going to be, you know, just he's one of the best defensive defensemen in, in the league. That brings you know also a puck moving element. Yeah, Cap Friendly doesn't even have Pesci on here. I mean, I he's guess uh, he's in the he's right here in the LTIR. Oh, oh yeah. So he's you know he's locked in for a while, um, and that's that's great. But um, so you you under contract next year, you've got Hamilton, Slavin, Shea, Gardner, Pesci. So that's five already. Okay, so. To me, Hurricanes have some decisions to make, and they've got, you know... Between and Gardner. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. And, and to me, I've been critical of Jake Gardner. I love what he did in the playoffs. I thought he played really good hockey. I thought he deserved to be in the lineup, and he wasn't even in the lineup at all times. Um, but you've got Hamilton, who's obviously an elite offensive defenseman who stepped up his defensive game as well and was killing penalties. And that's super, you know, important and huge part of the team, right? Obviously the team's going to stick with him. Hopefully they get a deal worked out for him going forward as well. You got Slavin who we all know who Jacob Slavin is. We're not, you know, he ain't going anywhere. You got Brady Shea on the books now until 23, 24, um, as a, you know, kind of a puck moving guy too. Right. And you know, we have, we haven't, I mean, I'm, you know, you and I have watched Brady Shea a decent amount just from watching a lot of hockey, but, you know, we haven't seen him for the team where we watch every game, you know, for too long. So we don't have the greatest kind of pinpoint on what Brady Shea is going to bring going forward. But in general, you know that, you know, he's going to be a, he's going to have his moments defensively. He's going to be a pretty good puck mover. He's a really good skater, which is good. Um, And, you know, you saw he can bring some of that physical element. But I don't think that that's necessarily his game. You know, it could be, and I think that he would get better from from you know being a little more physical. But it is what it is on on you know how players decide to play. And then you've got Jake Gardner, who is he's just who he is. And at this point in his career, he's probably a third pairing defenseman. So the four point oh five million dollar cap hit hurts. When yeah. you think about the Hurricanes' top four, I don't think it's debatable that it's Hamilton, Slavin. Shea and Pesci, which is a ridiculous top four. <laughs> yeah. um, better than, you know, we keep getting better every year on a defense we think can't be improved, but then we kind of notice that, like, oh, maybe it was, maybe some of these guys that are getting brought in we're, in our minds are better than they are in reality. Um, yeah. So, you know, in the, the, the real thing here is that whatever guy you're signing out of this group, Edmondson, Vatanen, Van Riemsdyk, or Flurry, they are 
a third pairing guy. Like they just are, you know? I mean, that, that top four to me is locked. Who do you take out of it? Maybe Shea, but he's a, he's a left-handed guy. He's fast. He's used to playing a lot of minutes. Like you know what you're getting from him. He's an established defenseman. So I could see a guy like Hayden Fleury eventually, you know, stepping up and doing that. But I think these guys are all third-pairing defensemen at, at least next year. No, so I, to, I agree with you. Yeah. So then to me, it's, it's – and my whole point here is my ranking. It's definitely – it's, it's Edmondson and Fleury kind of tied for one, you know. And yep. then Vatnin and Van Riemsdyk are like – 99th like I don't I don't think the team will resign either one of those guys I definitely I, don't think I, w- I don't really I hope don't TBR yeah I don't I don't I mean, really want time, anything to I do when we got TBR I was really excited for it. I was really hoping you know good things were going to come from it but he just has not stepped up he you know I it's just been kind of frustrating to watch at times because I mean yeah he does he has his good moments but I think his bad moments outweigh his good moments right now and um I mean, I get, yeah, he's been injured a little bit here and there too, but he, I, I guess I just expected a lot more from him than what he brought. And yeah, no, I wouldn't mind if the Hurricanes just let him go his uh, separate way. Um, and I guess, I mean, with Sammy Vaughn, and the, I mean, again, I expected a, more from him too. He was coming off an injury. I mean, I, I can't really judge. It's a small sample uh, size. Yeah, I mean, I can't really judge what he did just by what the eight games that we played as a team and he didn't even play all of them. So I don't even know how many games he even really played. I mean, he's, I know he likes to take bombs from the point. He's going to absolutely a shot. Got but, a cannon. <laughs> um, you but we know, have other players that have good shots from the point, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, do, if we do resign him, it wouldn't, I don't think we should for 2.4. It would have to be less than that. But You're talking about either of them? I guess both those guys make almost the same, don't they? Yeah, so... Especially with Pesci coming back. I think right. one of the reasons we got... Um, yeah, it was the Brett Pesci replacement. It was literally just for Brett Pesci. Well, Pesci's going to be back, so... Mm-hmm. Just one of those guys you bring in for the season and just you know, let him go. Yeah, so. we, that was a rental. Exactly. Shea wasn't a rental. Shea was to to you know bolster the defense that needed help, but you can see that his contract goes through you know twenty three twenty four. So mm-hmm. that's not a rental. That's a hockey deal made at the deadline. You know, yeah. and maybe you give up assets and and whatnot. But that's a, that's a that's a hockey trade as far as those go. Um, if you're looking at what a this is what I think is going to happen. Just my honest opinion based off of just logic. I think is that. Mm-hmm. You look at these four guys, you're, you're looking at the fact that, you know, we have a couple guys in Charlotte who, you know, are knocking on the door for a chance. I, I've been critical of people saying we should just throw them into the lineup, like just assuming that an AHL player is going to jump in and, and be better than any of the guys you have in. It's absurd. It was like when everyone uh, thought that Nadelkovich and uh, yeah. were going to come in and, and just what happened. Lights out. And, well, we went, what, one and four? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like some so it's, holes too. You know, those guys need time to grow. They, they'll get better, obviously. They, they have talent, and they'll only get better as they play in, in better leagues. But why – you're not a – you're a playoff team, you know? Why, are, why would you bring up a guy to try him out? You don't do that when you're a contending team. You do that when you're a fucking losing team that has nothing left to lose, and you're just like, whatever, get the young – like when, when Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin came up, 
that year, 2013 or whatever it was, um, you know, we brought those two guys up and we were just like, who the season can't get much worse. Like might as well see what these guys got. And they happen to just surprise us, but that's not something you do. If you're, you know, a clear playoff team, that would be insane. You, that's something you would get absolutely shredded for as a GM yeah, or for pushing out, you know, um, everyday NHL guys that are established for a rookie AHL guy that you don't even, I mean, you you know that he's obviously a pretty good player at that level, but how many guys have we seen? I mean, look at Jesse Puyarvi. People raved about him for years and years and years, how much of a star top six forty was going to be in like, where is he? Where has he been? And it's just like, these guys don't always work out the way you expect them to. I'm not saying he guys like that won't, you know, maybe they're just late bloomers and they come into the league at, you know, 27, 28 and they light it up. You never know. But why, why take the gamble is what I'm trying to say. Like, that's what my, uh, my thoughts always been. So I guess my whole point here is that if you're looking for that third pairing defenseman, why spend $4 million on it? It already doesn't really make sense to me that you're spending 4.05 on Jake Gardner. Like looking back, probably not the best investment. Um, and if we knew we could have had Shea, we would definitely not have Gardner. Like that's a replacement um, for what we thought Jake Gardner was going to be kind of that second pairing defenseman that adds some puck moving and some power play time and not really like he wasn't on the power you know he was replaced by Votnin he was obviously replaced by Hamilton um he just hasn't seen a lot of special teams he just hasn't done a lot of things that you expect the guy getting paid that for like again it's not even his fault it's not his fault they gave him the contract they gave him I just don't think it really makes sense I think the team thinks that too so I think if you find a, a team that's willing to take Jake Gardner's salary from you um, just about to say the same thing. I, I would not be shocked if we definitely try to shop Jake Gardner. Yeah, and it's going to be hard. I think you know uh, if you go on any any matter of social media sites where, in general, people have no clue what they're talking about, you'll see things like we should trade Jake Gardner for you know Alex Petrangelo, and you're just like, well, obviously that's not how. That won't no, no, that's not how it works. What you're realistically yeah. trading Jake Gardner for is, you know, a fifth round pick and a prospect that probably won't ever pan out, you know, because you're shedding salary and that's what it is. Yeah. Like he's, if a guy's contract is higher number than his value, he brings to the team, then that's like a, a takeaway from his, you're going to get a worse player in return, obviously. I mean, think about it like a video game. You put the players in and it's telling you the trade value. Okay, well, if Jake Gardner's mm-hmm. trade value is 100, then the fact that his contract is too much brings his trade value down to 80. So now you're only getting 80 for a player that's 100. You can't just swap 100 for 120. It doesn't work that way. So, But crazier things have happened. If you would have told me that the Hurricanes were going to be able to trade uh, Scott Darling's salary without having to buy him out and end up getting – James Reimer out of it, who was a very productive goalie for them this year. I would have been like, yeah, crazy. And Florida's insane. And both those things might be true, but it happened. So you never know. Maybe they make that happen. If they do, I think that then they can definitely re-sign Joel Edmondson with that money. Um, Or at least something. I feel like what he's getting, you know, 3.1, obviously every player is going to push for more. But I feel like somewhere in the 3.5 ranges is a fair amount for a guy like that. But other teams might need it desperately and and throw more money at him. I could see Joel Edmondson getting, you know, four and a half, five million dollars. And at that point, I just don't think it makes sense for a yeah. guy in your third pair. You're already trying to get rid of one guy off your third pair that's making four million. Why add another? You know what I mean? No, I, I, I think ideally, if you do look at it and you try to make a goal for the defense, I mean, ideally, you have Hamilton, Slavin, uh, Shea, Pesci, Edmondson, and Flurry. 
Yeah, that would be fantastic. Is that eight? I give eight. Yep. Or six, sorry. Six, yeah, yeah. And then you have, you know, Jake Bean, who obviously has proven that he can – He's not gonna. He's probably not gonna blow the doors off anybody in his first few years. But you know, he's he's proven that he can step up and handle it. You have yeah, even a guy like I don't think Caden Flurry really blew the doors off of somebody his right. first year. And yeah. you know what? And now he's yeah. kind of stepped up. He's got the experience a little bit. Yep, he's great. Yeah, Jake Bean didn't look too out of place when he came up and played a couple games for the team, which is what I looked to see from a defenseman. You know, that's yeah. kind of intimidating spot to be put into in the NHL oh, cool. as a as a rookie defenseman like. These guys coming at you are just elite at what they do. Oh, I mean, yeah. Especially so now the NHL is just, you know, all skill forwards with really. uh, speed and yeah. So it, it's, that's what it is. And you, you know, when you're, it's your first time in the NHL and you got, I don't know, it's a Kucherov coming at you at a hundred miles. <laughs> that's down. fucking scary. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Like, I mean, he's not going to like light you up or anything, but he's probably gonna make you look like an idiot. So, mm-hmm. and that's like just pressure wise. That's, that's tough to deal with. So a lot of guys fold under right. that. Part. So, yeah. So, you know, if you have that as a seventh guy, basically I think the point we're both coming to here is that Hayden Flurry's probably priority number one, because of he's still a restricted free agent. Yes. He has all the rights that come with being at the end of your restricted free agent run. You know, he's going to be eligible for arbitration and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's an unrestricted free agent after this year, but He's he's not going to get paid three million. He's just not. Like I want the world for Hayden Fleury. You know, I want him to be everything. But this this contract is not the one that pays him. This is the bridge year. You know, this is the maybe two year deal for two and a half million. It's it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be similar to a Warren Fogel mm-hmm. contract. Yeah, yeah. For somewhere probably around the two million mark, I think is probably what Hayden Fleury realistically gets. Um, and you can argue whether or not that's fair. It doesn't matter. He's a restricted free agent. He doesn't have a lot of options. Again, it's it's you're going to sit out as Hayden Flurry. You're going to get offer sheeted as Hayden Flurry. Like no, you're just not. And if you do, the Hurricanes are going to match it, and it's still not going to be. Nobody's going to be willing to throw that much money on you. As a you're still an un, underestablished defenseman. Like I I think we can all clearly see the picture now. It's like when you buy a, a piece of shit house and you're going to redo it, and at the beginning you're just like I don't. I mean, I don't know this is worth the money. And then now you've got, you know, walls up and you've got countertops in and everything. And you're like, okay, I'm starting to come around, but still it's not 100%. That's like Hayden Flurry. Hayden Flurry yeah. is a 80% done renovated house. And that's a fucking fantastic metaphor. Write that, that one down. A, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, I got to plug my computer. Where are you going with this? And it just all came together at the end. I was like, this is good. That worked out. Hey. Hey. Yeah, it literally came up and it was like, your battery's low. And I was like, okay, let me plug it in. And then it just fucking died. I will let you know when I see. What? Well, here we are. And when I see the. Yeah, yeah oh, there it is. Tomorrow. And uh, my computer died. And so, you know. That's just my life, basically. First of all, when we recorded yesterday, uh, and Sam, you can vouch for this, we talked for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, and then I realized I had not hit record on the Zoom, so that's always a good place to be, and uh, you know, and then we recorded more, and then my computer died instantly without any kind of warning. I don't know what kind of shit show you're running here, but certainly, it's, it's absolute amateur hour. It Goddamn definitely is. Kmart. Yeah. 
Toys R Us going out of business. Toys R Us. JC Penny Podcast. JC, that's what I should rename it. Honestly, the JC Penny Podcast. Might run into like some sort of copyright issues on that one, but well, not really because they're bankrupt. So I. That's right. They don't have any money to throw at lawyers to to come after me. Exactly. So they probably like, oh, good extra promotion. <laughs> the free advertising. <laughs> Um, all right. So if, if I'm not mistaken where we left off yesterday, um, I'll kind of reiterate the point I was making and then I'll let you do the same for what you think. We were talking about the defense, who they might resign. Um, and I had kind of said that one Jake Gardner at 4.05 mil or whatever it is. I forget. I don't even, I don't have the cap friendly pulled up anymore. Um, but Jake makes 4.05 million. Yeah. Okay. So good guess on my part. Um, <clears throat> that, that is definitely probably over the price you'd want for a third pairing defenseman, which with Shea on the, on the roster now, and especially getting paid what he's getting paid, he, him and Pesci, there's no question in my mind, take that second pair. So your third pair is essentially Jake Gardner plus whoever you resign. And you've got four guys to resign. Um, Hayden Fleury being a restricted free agent. I think that's probably the easiest one. I mean, easiest in, in definite quotes because those contracts get, I mean, you saw what happened with Sebastian Ajo. Hayden Fleury is not Sebastian Ajo, but you saw even what happened with Brock McGinn last year. Like yeah. it just takes a while and it's kind of a pain in the ass thing because, you know, restricted free agents don't have leverage. They're trying to find it however they can. So Hayden Fleury's agent will definitely be doing that for him, but I can't see them not getting that deal done. So there's your sixth guy to me. And then, you know, if you, if you find someone that can take on Jake Gardner's contract, and I just don't, I don't find it super likely that it will happen. But again, going back to the Reimer trade last season, like I did not see that coming and somehow they managed to do it. So if they can pull that off, I think that helps alleviate some space, but then you still have to, you know, Edmondson's an unrestricted free agent on the, on the market. So, you know, whether or not, his three mil becomes that same Jake Gardner. And then is it worth it again? You know, who would you rather have? Um, you know, I I'd probably rather have Edmondson than Gardner, but um, it, 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 if the money is the problem then the money's the problem, like, oh, yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, uh, Jake Gardner in, in the role that he gets uh, in the role that he's in. Yeah. I think he's waking, uh, making way too much money. Um, and you're right. Uh, if the Canes do want to resign Joel Edmondson, they're probably going to have to get rid of Gardner. Um, I don't know. Um, it is probably something to mention that, uh, Jake Gardner does have a modified no trade clause. Um, there's seven teams that he doesn't want to go to. I mean, it still leaves a good 24 <laughs> that he can go to, but, uh, do you think the Leafs are one of those seven? <laughs> the Leafs? Yeah. Probably not. I don't know. You don't think so? After they like tortured him for years? Yeah, and forced him out. (laughs) I don't know. I'd be interested to see if that's on there. But yeah, no, you're right. Hayden Fleury absolutely gets re-signed. And it's just a matter of whether Joel Edmondson comes back or not. So um, hopefully he does. I think, uh, and especially since he's an unrestricted free agent, I think he... um, no doubt is able to find a team pretty easily. So like if we don't pick them up, somebody else definitely will. So it's, uh, you know, just trying to uh, replace him if we have to and um, trying to you know, move those pieces around. 
Yeah, and I think that Edmondson definitely enjoyed his time playing for the Hurricanes. I think he probably enjoys the the style um, of play and what he can bring to the team. You know, he reminds me so much of like a Tim Gleason. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's this team just needs a Tim Gleason so badly. Like they just desperately do. And so I guess how do you, if, if it does shake out the way we're kind of thinking it might, um, and let's just say that Jake Gardner remains on the roster and your top six are Slavin Hamilton, Shea Pesci, which we've acknowledged is a really good top four. Like I'm definitely okay with that. Your third pair becomes um, Gardner and Flurry. What are your kind of thoughts on that, on that as a top six? And then maybe a guy like Jake Bean for depth, um, you know, maybe they tr- decide to re-sign Trevor Van Riemsdyk. I don't really see it though, because his injury kind of made him more inc- inconsistent and, you know, just more of a replacement level player. You have guys that you could have on entry level contracts that can replace that. So I don't really see the need to spend money on it, but I mean, he's practically been a scratch all year anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, I don't think TVR gets re-signed. Um, but as that top four, that's a deadly top four for sure. Um, and even with Hayden Fleury still up and coming, I, I think Hayden Fleury is definitely going to find himself in that top four soon enough. Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. Looks like we got those guys for a while. It's so. kind of hard. Uh, if we, I guess if we resign Dougie, if we resign Dougie, then yeah, right, it'll be tough for him to break in that top four unless something happens. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, Right, right now, and maybe it'll change. Maybe I have high hopes for it, but right now, Jake Gardner is the weakness in that defense. Um, and you know, I, I really hope for it I, that he turns it around and uh, figures it out. But um, just based on this season, I, I expected a lot more out of him than what he showed. And uh, yeah, like I said, just kind of hope hope for the best if we if we do hold on to him. So. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that he had a really good end of the season and I think he had a really good playoff run. Um, you know, I thought that he was in, in a few of those games, especially against the Rangers. I thought that he was one of their best players unquestionably. Um, and he was getting a lot of ice time in that series, especially, you know, he was getting almost 20 minutes, which, you know, Rod Brendamore, like the, the playing time kind of spells the, the story for how well he thinks guys were playing. Like you look at that, that time on ice and you sort it from highest to lowest. That's probably the t- uh, Rod Brendamore's rank of who's playing best to worst. So, um, you know, good for Jake in that regard. I hope he can bring that even still though. Uh, I mean, it's nothing against Jake. I just don't think the money makes sense for a third pairing guy. You know, they needed yeah. that guy to be a second pairing guy. They kind of acknowledged that he wasn't. And that's why they brought in Shay. Um, but you know, with Dougie Hamilton's contract coming up, you, <laughs> they're already so lucky, you know, that uh, Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin are making like $10 million combined. Not, I don't even know if that's, if it's that much between the two of them. Um, so, I mean, that is, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just close to. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, Jacob Slavin could be getting paid, you know, eight by himself. And then Brett Pesci's probably a $6 million guy. So, I mean, yeah. they're lucky that they're lucky to be where they are um, with those two. Mm-hmm. Shea obviously getting paid over five, you know, that might be a little high for him, but he's in there locked in for term. So I tend yeah. to worry less about those if a guy is not, you know, playing bad because typically, you know, the salary, well, now the salary cap's not going up, but inflation, the way that stuff usually works is, yeah. you know, guys get paid more and more every year. So it makes more sense when the dollars are higher 
over years than it does yeah. like in a specific year. Um, my only concern, and I've mentioned this a couple times now, is kind of the physicality of that group. Um, I mean, you got guys that are willing to do it, but Joel Edmondson's definitely the go-to, you know, physical guy in front of the net. Like you mentioned earlier, how important that is, and just winning battles, and just having a guy that you're kind of afraid to go into the corners against, and the shot blocking. I don't, I, you don't replace that. They had that with Kelvin DeHaan when he was healthy with the team, and then. Luckily, they were able to keep it going with Joel Edmonds, and he's a fantastic shot blocker. Like, I mean, you and I can both vouch for the fact that that is taken for granted. Like, the ability to get yourself in front of the shots that these guys are taking is, yeah. I mean, uh, just a mindset of borderline insanity. I know, you wore, I know you wore pads, but it hurts. I promise. Yeah, and I do it on action. I block shots on action <laughs> all the time. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. and you can vouch for the fact that usually where the shots are hitting you. That happens to be the spot where made a lot of pads there. No, nothing. Right on the top of the skate every time. Yeah, the skate, the kneecap, you know, the anywhere like that. I mean, I can barely walk. Side of the way. Yeah, I can barely walk without my knees popping nowadays from how many shots I took to the damn kneecaps growing up. But um, yeah, that's that's just that kind of mentality, you know. That that player we're talking about is who I think the Canes are missing, and so I think that that defense we just mentioned, you know, you hear this is this is where I tend to disagree with the fan base in general a lot. Everyone seems like crazy pumped on our defense, you know, and saying that our team defense is the best. And I just don't think that it is. And I don't think that it's because of those play. Like if you look at it in a vacuum and you say, look at these six players, look how good they are. I go, yes, each one of those players is very individually talented. You know, they're probably, um, they could each be, you know, I th- feel like Shea and Pesci on the right team could be a top two, you know, a top two pairing. Um, so you basically have guys at each level that probably could play at the next tier up on defense. Um, but then you look at it as a whole and during the games, and sometimes it leaves a lot to be desired to me. Like some of those guys struggle to get pucks out of their zone. And I think that has a lot to do with the Ford group as well. Um, I mean, I know that you and I were both Fords always playing, but um, from kind of a defenseman's perspective, it's definitely way easier to exit the zone if your forwards are able to kind of take care of the half wall area and um you know just create space for you by winning yep. whatever battles they have and not kind of leaving two guys around the net or it's usually one the other guy has to kind of stay parked out front in case there's a turnover or something but you know that guy getting the puck out of the zone he can't do it by himself unless he's just an elite you know unless you've got like Connor mcdavid on your defense then he could probably skate out of the zone every time on his own but that doesn't really happen so yep. I think it has a lot to do with the team defense. So my whole point is if, if a guy like Edmondson goes that, that what he brings still has to exist somewhere on the lineup or you get worse or you get, you get at least more easy to play against. You might improve your skill, but I mean, I think we've seen that experiment. We've seen the experiment of the Canes calibrating one end of the spectrum and the other. They tried to do it with all grit and then they tried to do it with, you know, way more skill and less grit. And I think the answer lies somewhere in the middle is what makes them a true contender. You know, that having the skill, obviously you're going to have the Ajo, the Teravine, the Sveshnikov, um, you know, whatever other guys decide to step up. You know, Marty Nagus in a few years is going to be one of those guys, I think. Um, and hopefully a guy like Nino Niederreiter can turn it back on. I think that's a huge thing that people just don't talk about enough is he he really, like, they need him. That's the reason. I mean, it's I don't think it's a coincidence. If you look back to when the Hurricanes turned it on last year, it was literally like right after the trade for Niederreiter. And yeah. it's because the dude put up like 
oh, yeah. point it, per game pace for the rest of the season. I was a need writer. Yeah. Yeah. You, you add a point pop. per game player. I mean, yeah. that's huge. Any team, any team doing that would, would just skyrocket the standings. And so you take that away this year. Mm-hmm. In addition to kind of taking away some of the grit um, and kind of those, you know, fourth line guys that can play up and down your lineup. And um, yeah, it, it hurts. So I think the team needs that. So if they're going to lose a guy like Edmondson on the back end, you better find that kind of replacement, the guy who can win battles in the Ford group. And then just understand that most likely the way this league works is you're taking away some level of, you know, goal scoring ability. But to me, you know, you have guys that we scored a lot of goals this year, even with guys that were struggling. Um, you know, Dezingle didn't really pan out the way people expected offensively. Niederreiter didn't really do it. Um, and you had some other, you know, Fogel, I think we expected a little more out of offensively. Um, but those guys are just playing their roles. You don't really need them to score. It's just helpful if they do. Trocek, I think, will step it up. I think that his was a lot to do with just, you know, new system. That's just tough to do. Yeah. Um, and he got way better in the playoffs. And you know, Absolutely. probably should have netted a few goals. He just got unlucky. I'm just, um, yeah, he posted the guy hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah too many, too so. many after the, the filthy toe drags. Yeah. But, you know, you you need, um, I lost my train of thought there for a second. You need, you need to replace those scoring, you know, kind of finesse guys that aren't doing it with, you know, checking forwards then. And then at least the guys that aren't, I mean, you hear Rod talk about this all the time. If you're not going to score, if you're not going to go produce offense and points, be productive. There's plenty of other ways to be productive, you know, be hard to play against, you know, get pucks deep when you need to win your battles in the neutral zone. What's that? Win battles, win face-offs. Exactly. Yeah. Do all those things. So we've got too many guys on the, on the roster to me that aren't doing either of those at least well enough to contribute how we need them to, if we want to, you know, the goal is winning a stealing cup, not just getting, you know, sixth in the East and maybe making it to the second round. You know what I mean? Like that's not the goal. So if the goal is to get to the the ultimate prize, then, you know, you need to me more of those guys that are going to grind along with the skill, mix them both together. Like, I think we have enough skill, you know? And like I said, the skill we added didn't, didn't really pan out. So replace it with what we had last year. Understand that your guys are getting better. You added a Vincent Trocek, who I think is, you know, good for both sides of that equation. He can yeah. give you offense and he can grind. Um, so I think that was a good addition. Uh, but I feel like the Vincent Trocek trade was kind of like something that we were hoping to get with Niederreiter. Like something like that, what we did with Niederreiter last year, um, you know, obviously the points didn't really pan out, but I th- you're right. I think Trocek comes in hot next season. I think he has a good season next year for us. Yeah, that would be, and that, that would be, that would be that Niederreiter boost, mm-hmm. you know, that would be the exact same exactly. effect. And I think that the team would, would do really well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, there's a reason why the Hurricanes couldn't win against Columbus this year. There's a reason why the Hurricanes couldn't win against Dallas this year. There's a reason why they have so much trouble with the Bruins. It's because these teams have elite team defense and they can get physical on you and the Hurricanes just shut down. I mean, it, it, in those games, if you if you were to go back and watch them, you'd see that, where's the offense? It's like non-existent. It almost feels like bo- a boring game to watch because you feel like your team is not able to do anything. Everything's around the outside. Cause it's just fancy, fancy plays skating around the outside. And like, there's a time and place for that. You know, there's a reason why that Toronto game where it was like seven to six or whatever. And there was like five goals in the third. Period. I mean, it's entertaining, but that's not, not how you not, win not consistently five in the third period and losing. Exactly. Yeah. It's just too much, too much up and down like that leads to, 
giving up too many chances. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to me, you just need, you need that team defense. And there's a reason why, you know, look at the avalanche and the star series right now. I know that the avalanche lost group hour, and that's obviously a huge impact. I also know that um, they play tonight as we're recording this, this season. The series may very well be even by the time this episode comes out, but the stars have kind of given the avalanche kind of a wake up call, I think. And, and, and what was essentially an easy playoff for them before that. Um, and the Avalanche are incredibly skilled offensively. And they're not bad defensively by any means. But the Stars are just, I mean, unbelievably stocked defensively. From their forward group, it starts with their forward group. And it goes down to their defense um, and their goaltending as well. So to me, that's just, if the Hurricanes want to get somewhere, they take the skill they already have. You know, they have the high-profile players. And people talk about the Stars the same way, like, oh, they don't have enough offense. I mean, they have they have Jamie Benn, who, you know, can be hit or miss. They have Sagan. They have, yeah, they have a guy. Yeah, they have Heiskanen. He's fantastic. They have a guy like Gurionov, who to me is incredibly impressive. Yeah, Radulov. They have all these guys. They probably have as many, you know, offensive weapons as a team like the Hurricanes do. So the, the filler pieces are, you know, those, those guys that can get in your face physically, win every board battle they come in contact with, block shots, and just do what they need to do. I mean, when the Stars feel like they have enough goals to win, they win games, like yeah. 90% of them. I mean, they shut down the neutral zone, and their goalies, you know, perform well. And it's easy for their goalies to perform well because everything's on the outside. Like, it's just, to me, that is the model. That is what wins you championships like or at least gets you a chance to win them every single year because you're so hard to play against that even the best teams aren't going to breeze by you like the Bruins have kind of you know I don't want to say breeze by the Hurricanes but it hasn't seemed like they've had to put in you know it hasn't gone to seven games or anything like that like it's been four and five so I think the series were closer than that but still like those kind of teams like that's they're going to body you if you're if you're not set up dominated us (laughs) yeah Yeah. I mean it's not often that you see the Hurricanes get outshot in games, but I mean they got outshot. They got in in times they got outworked, but there was also good moments in that series where the mm-hmm. Canes also outworked the Bruins too. So right. I mean it just happened to be that the Bruins outworked us longer than we outworked them. So yeah. and, and that was apparent. It's unfortunate, but it was apparent. Yeah. So, but you're right, Dallas. Oh God, yeah, Dallas is Dallas is a horse right now. They, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they. They do find themselves to always, I don't know, they find themselves down early in games, but they somehow manage to always make a comeback. And, right. I mean, they've done it the last like, two or three games. I mean, just look what they did against Calgary when it was three to nothing. Right. Calgary. And mm-hmm. to close out the series, seven to three. Seven yep. unanswered goals. So it's like they just flip a switch and boom. They're, you know. I thought it was funny when their their team Twitter tweeted out like, Remember when you guys say we couldn't score? LOL. Because <laughs> they put up like five goals a game in the playoffs. And it's just like, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, when it clicks, it clicks. You know, that's what I'm saying. The pieces Absolutely. are there. The Hurricanes are the same way. When it clicks, it clicks. Like, you know, when they have their secondary, secondary scoring going, I mean, they're going. They're going to put up four or five goals a game, and they're probably going to win a lot of games. But if you're letting up, you know, three to five goals a game, that's just not a recipe for success. It clicked when we were playing the Rangers, so, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. I mean, the Rangers aren't very good, but the fact that you could essentially not even, I didn't even think the Hurricanes played their best hockey by any means against the Rangers, but still they were able to relatively easily close that one out. And so that's good. Like that, that, that proves that the Hurricanes are 
clearly a playoff team. It's not a question of whether or not we're in that fringe area. Like the Hurricanes are clearly a playoff team with their roster. The next step is to bridge the gap and get to that contender role. And I mean, I do think that the Hurricanes, like you said, had plenty of moments against the Bruins. Like I'm not saying that the Hurricanes suck or need a whole lot to get to that next level. They're definitely close. There's a reason why that series came down to so many one goal games and you know, they didn't have Svechnikov for, which is obviously, you know, who knows what would have happened if he's healthy for that whole series and not just a few games. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's a guy that obviously you get a lot of your scoring from, and he could have given you a lot of those one goals you needed to at least push the game to overtime or just a lucky bounce or something to get a few more wins. Yeah. I think that that series probably goes a couple more games if that doesn't happen. Um, right. But there's still a gap. It's just getting smaller but we're talking about the things we need to do to bridge that gap. And I think that the, the things we need to do are become a better team defense team. And I think that, to be honest with you, I think that Rod probably loves last year's roster more than this year's because of how he wants the guys to play. Like, he knows that when they were losing games last year, it was because, you know, they just couldn't put pucks in the net. And yeah. you can find the solution for that, you know. And sometimes you create your own bounces and you get it, but you don't want to have to you don't want to have to get lucky for most of your goals like that. The hurricanes had to create a lot of lucky bounces last year to get what they needed. Yeah. But they also didn't have a, you know, 80 point season Sveshnikov on their roster either. You know, they had a, a, a sheltered, you know, so guys like that. And they didn't have a Marty Natchez who's, you know, going to put up 20 goals probably next season. Oh. Um, so these are guys that to me, like your roster is getting better and providing you that extra offense. So just maintain that, that grittiness Mm-hmm. And and then grow with your your young players that get better and better and and you know if you can add a piece here or there a depth yeah. scoring piece then go for it but that guy that guy needs to be able to be a Tavo Teravainen like not as offensively skilled but you know what I mean Tavo Teravainen um, has always been a, a really exciting offensive player but when he started playing for the Hurricanes he learned that two way game so well and that that is why not only he's such a great player in all facets of the game but it's why he gets so many points every season. Because he has the puck so much, because he's so good defensively, that you know he takes care of business in his own zone. And you spend you spend all the time in the in the opponent's end, and that that's that's how you win games. So the yeah. Hurricanes have to become a team that's built more to do that, and still score goals, like and still capitalize on chances. And that's not easy to do. That's what everyone in the league. That's what every GM is trying to put together that team that can do that. Um, but that's that's to me what they need to do. So I think that you know signing the guys we talked about in the Ford group is so important. And then, you know, kind of the defensive composition of, you know, if you're going to lose physicality, replace it somewhere on that roster or else you get easier to play against. And that just doesn't work to me. No, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, I think we both agree on all, a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, but no, I, one of the things, Tara Vine, gets a lot of points because he's on a line with Aho and Svechnikov basically right. the entire year too. So yeah, you know, it's pretty easy to just chip it off the boards and let Aho just take it all the way down the edge and like, boop, boop, assist. Yeah. Nice. So, but uh, also, uh, his some of his assists like should count as goals or two oh, points or something. Yeah, sorry, I don't need to take anything away from Tara. No, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, threads like three needles with one, yeah. and it goes like through five guys and hits. I don't know someone wide open on the back door just randomly. And you're like, right. oh, ooh, didn't even see that guy there. Cool. All right, that'll work. But yeah, and he he's become a vital piece of the Hurricanes. Too. So, hold on, what is his contract? Oh, we got him forever. Five and a half, I think he's at. Five and a half until 23, 24. Yeah. 
Or twenty four twenty five when he another fantastic contract. <laughs> That's a great contract. Hurricanes got very lucky with a lot of these deals. Off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So but uh, um I guess the last piece of the free agency puzzle is Justin Williams. And uh, you know, what 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 do you how do you think that situation shakes out? Justin Williams, as unfortunate as it is, I think he's done. I don't think he comes back. I think uh I think he retires. Um and I mean I, I love Justin Williams as much as the next person, but I mean he he he's getting up there in age. He he looks slower. He certainly plays a much different style of game than what the NHL is turning into. He was drafted in what, I think the year two thousand? Early two thousands, yeah. Uh, 2000, 2001, something like that. Drafted in, yeah, literally the year 2000, yeah. uh, 28th overall by Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when he was in his prime, when we had him the first uh, few years, um, you know, that was the style of game that was succeeding at the time. And right right now, I mean, the guy works hard. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely tell you that now the game is a lot more skill, a lot more finesse. Mm-hmm. Faster. And, yeah, a lot faster Fast for him. He, he doesn't have he doesn't have the speed. I mean, right. again, I love Justin Williams, and I think he's a great veteran leadership mm-hmm. in, in the locker room. But he doesn't have the speed anymore to keep up with the guys. So, um, th- does he retire? Probably. If not, I mean, I would still love to keep him around just because he's a great leadership to have, and and that's an intangible, you know. Uh, you know, intangible value that you can put on someone. So and I, I'm sure Rob loves that in the locker room too. I mean, they were obviously teammates when they won the cup. So uh, either way, I'm happy for him. If he stays awesome. If not, you know, I, I, I see both sides of it with that one. So um, I do really think he retires though. I mean, especially yeah. since he took a half year this year. I mean, uh, Mike Fisher did that the other year or with Nashville, he retired came back right before playoffs yeah. and you know, um, so, but it, it would be, I, I guess I, I would be very shocked. I wouldn't be very shocked, but I would be a little surprised if he does come back. Yeah, I think I probably would too. And I mean, like you were saying that the speed isn't there. The speed, he's never really been a super fast guy, but like you mentioned, the, the league has changed and it's got faster around him yeah. and it makes you seem slower. Yeah. In comparison. Um, the good thing about Justin Williams is his hands are still very good. Um, yeah. and his brain is very good. So yeah. he'll always be some level of an effective player as long as he can, you know, stay in physical shape enough to yeah. come close to keeping up. So for yeah. that reason, like if he still wants to play, like there's a spot, there's a spot for him. Um, and I think he does great in front of the net on the power play and stuff like that. Um, you know, people give him crap on the power play. I just think that he's probably huh. the best net front net front presence yeah. we have. To That's put where out he, there. he should be right in front. I yeah, mean, exactly. Another, so, yeah. Go ahead. I don't think you score a lot of power play goals this season when Justin Williams was on the Alice without Justin Williams. So, yeah. um, you know, there's a role for the, for the guy. Um, and you know, we all love him for a reason. His, 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 you know, ability to, to communicate. He's a great leader. He's a lot like Rod Brendamore in that facet. Um, you know, I would love to see him one day ending up somewhere with the organization, whether it be in like a player development role or, you know, maybe an assistant coach type role, like a, like some of these players of the past, you know, a Jeff Daniels or someone like that. 
it comes in. Um, Jeff Daniels being such a, such a fantastic coach now, um, you know, and, and a guy from, you know, that era kind of a little before, obviously, but played, played, um, you know, in some of those same rosters. So really, really important guy in the organization. Justin Williams is always going to be a huge piece of the Canes organization. Um, but I think it's kind of stupid to even speculate over, you know, signing him because it's balls in his court. Like it was, I, I got so tired of all the, all the Williams talk last season because I was just like, this isn't, none of this is news. Your news every, every time it comes out is the same stuff. Like you're just guessing, you're guessing at whether or not he's going to come back. And until he says whether or not he is, who cares? Because it's the only, the only person controlling this is him. If he wants to come back, he gets the contract. Like it's not, it's not a question. It's not for debate. You know, I mean, it's not like it's an expense. It's, it's basically a league minimum deal. And, um, they have a little bit of space clearing up and, um, you know, if they do another over 35 contract, they put those incentives on, well, guess what comes off the books next year, Sam, that Alexander Simmons, two point, whatever million (laughs) buyout that we still got going on. Um, so, you know, there's your space in after July 1st or whenever they decide the date is for next season, um, to add on those incentives and all that. So it's there, they'll do it if they can. Um, but you know, balls in his court and whatever Williams wants to do is what he wants to do. And like, that just, that's the story until it's not, you know? <laughs> nope. You're right. It's just, yeah. Yeah. What Patrick Marlowe on the roster right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's off the books. That's a big million. 6 million. Yeah. And then yeah, Simmons is done after next year. So that'd be good. Yeah. So, okay. So we've said re-signing Fogel. For, we said somewhere around 1.5 to 2. Um, we said, um, who was the other Ford on there? Williams. It was just Williams? Yeah, Williams and Fogel. You're right, you're right. So I, I don't expect the offense to change at all. Yeah, yeah me either. And then you, um, unless, unless a trade is made. Yeah, unless a trade is made. Because you have to clear space to add more. Well, I mean, I guess we can, this is what I'm getting to, is uh, Fogel, Let's say we save room for Williams. Let's just call it a million to round up and make it easy. Um, yeah. So let's say we're at basically three million. Um, flurry, let's just say two. So that's another. That's five million. We had nine million in cap space projected for next season. So four million left. Like, do you do you save that going forward? Like, are you okay with the roster? Do you do you look to add a piece? Can you add the piece you need for that? What do you What do you think with that with that cap space left over? If, uh, if, if, you know, some of the defense currently on the roster leaves the roster. Well, that's the million dollar question, right? (laughs) So how how much do you, like, ideally with all our goals, how, like, you know, with all our re-signings, how much do we have left? I would say, you know, I'm speculating because I don't know what these guys will actually go for, but just my best educated guess is that we would probably have somewhere in the $4 million range in space. $4 million, Jesus. All right, well, let's go. Mar- that Marlowe coming off the books, man, is a big I That's a big, big one, huh? Keeping in mind, though, that next season, you owe Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton big contracts if you're yeah. going to keep them. Svechnikov is not a question. Dougie's unrestricted, so. I think we keep Dougie. I think he likes it here. Well, yeah, I think we do everything to keep him, but, you know, maybe a top discussion yeah, for another day, but the, restrict- the unrestricted free agency market is, a, is an animal. Hold on, let me. I'm looking on uh, 
the unrestricted UFA is going into who Tory Krug is an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're good defensively, unless you're going to trade. This is one of those dumb, you know, Gardner. Hurricanes Facebook trade Gardner for Tory Krug. Like, okay, they're going to do that. Tyler to Foley. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, there's some, <laughs> some guys out there. But do you think that's what they do? Do you think they use that? Do you think they use that to go outside of the organization and bring in some of those pieces we were talking about that they might need? I think they do. I, you know, especially with four million dollars. I think with Dundon taking over, I think one is that they they hit the cap. You know, mm-hmm. they they hit the max every year. Yep. I mean, they used to be such an issue with us where we'd have like mm, like nine million dollars available. And our mom doesn't want to spend the money. So, I mean, and I think that's another part of the reason why we struggled for so long is just, we were never able to, I mean, obviously we are a, a smaller market team, but you know, you still got to spend the money to, you know, have players. So you don't uh, ever become not a small market team. If you suck for eight years. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I don't know. A lot of moves can be made, but I'm excited to see it. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think we do at least bring one or maybe one or two pieces in, um, maybe obviously not like huge names, but you know, just few, I mean, I don't think the Canes have really, with the exception of like Dougie Hamilton or anything like that, you know, I, even the Dougie Hamilton wasn't like a big, big signing or trade for us at the time, but he, he took off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time, like everyone's like, "Oh, Dougie Hamilton." But, yeah, like, yeah. Now, it wasn't, we, now it's like, "Oh, fuck, Dougie Hamilton." You know, we weren't getting who we thought we were getting. Exactly. Um, so, so. And it's the same with Teravinen. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, he was always in the shadow of like Kane and Hayes and their prime. Yeah. Uh, so, like, no one really knew who he was. Well, he comes to Carolina, and this guy's guy's a fucking superstar. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It. You know, I, I, I do think we. Uh, at, maybe add a couple of pieces here and there. If we have the leftover availability. Right. Um, and especially if we move some players around to get more space too. So, and that yeah. also, and Hey, maybe that 4 million is Joel Edmondson. You know, maybe that Again, 4 million Joel Edmondson. if you want to, I wouldn't mind, wanna... I wouldn't mind that 4 million being Joel Edmondson. Yeah. I also like, you know, if they do get rid of, uh, find a way to move Gardner that, you know, that, that saves some money for Hamilton and Svechnikov for next year, too. So I fully expect some sort of trade or more this offseason. Um, you know, I just, you've got Nita Ryder, who's getting paid way more than he's worth right now. You've yep. got Gardner getting paid more than he's worth right now. I really got, hope, I really hope Nita Ryder turns around. I really me love too. I You know, I'm rooting for the guy, but every time I see a player who tends to struggle with speed. Like it seems like they're just too slow for the play around them. It -hmm. always concerns me. And you've got to just be in the right spot. You've got to be really good positionally. And, um, I think Niederreiter's confidence has just been shaken lately. You know, he, he whiffs on a lot of pucks. He would never have whiffed on last season. I, I think that he gets in his own head a lot. He's just that kind of guy that needs to, you know, feel ultra confident about his abilities to shoot the puck and score goals and, you know, he's got a good shot. You got to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not, then you're just kind of useless because he's just yeah. turning pucks over and he's just, it seems like he's second guessing himself too much. So I, I'm with you. I, you know, I'm rooting for the guy. Um, but 
at a certain point, it's got to make sense financially too for the team and going forward. Like it hurts you every every amount of cap space wasted over a player's value is like very much a negative asset. You got to get rid of that somehow. Um, You know, at what point do the Hurricanes start looking at their draft picks and and using them more for you know these things that they need to do, whether it be adding a you know adding some depth roster player or um, you know, shedding some, some salary for essentially a non roster piece. You know, if you don't want to have to give up anything, I could see that. Um, but I fully expect some sort of trade. I expect they'll be looking a hundred percent. I don't think that's even a question. So whether or not someone's willing to pull the trigger was something that Waddell thinks makes sense. And, you know, luckily for the Canes and this can change with GMs, it changes all the time, but so far Waddell's tenure with the Canes, I think that he's made pretty smart, business decisions um as far as the money goes making it make sense um it's not always going to be popular but sometimes you got to do what you got to do and and the the thing is people have to understand is that we don't get to see the playbook that the gms have you know he's got he's not making these decisions for right now like everything that the hurricanes are doing as an organization is planned out for years you know they're already accounting for that Sveshnikov contract. They're already accounting for that Hamilton contract or whatever they're willing to offer for. Like they're factoring that in. They're looking down to when Slavin needs a new contract. You know what I mean? So yeah. the decisions they're making now are not just people. You can't just judge them in a vacuum. Like they're making yeah. them for the future. Nope. Um, and I think that he's made smart money decisions. And I think that's important when you're going to be a cap team because you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to be, you know, the Leafs and build a roster that you think is is exactly where it needs to be their lottery tax yeah thirteen million dollars yeah and now you're capped out with nowhere to go and so now you got to make you know trades and luckily pittsburgh gave them you know plenty of salary space for capitan um i don't don't, that trade didn't really make sense to me but anyway you know you don't want to be in that spot where you have to you have to make moves because then people kind of got you by the balls you know like i mean You don't have any leverage. It's like the Hurricanes with the Jeff Skinner trade. Like, if you want to point to one where it was like, hmm. but I mean, when when the whole world knows you got you want to trade the guy or have to trade the guy or need to do something, it's just you're not going to get great value back for them because their value goes way, way, way down. So I think the Hurricanes have done a good job of not uh, being put in that position too much, and that comes from being proactive with you know salary stuff. So I, I'm expecting some level of a trade um, because the the plan to me of just hoping a guy picks it back up. Just, you know, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but the, the, the highly more likely scenario is that Niederreiter plays like he did this year. That's way more likely than him jumping back to being, you know, a 25 goal scorer. It yeah. just is. Like, we, we can hope for it. <laughs> and I, of course, am hoping for it. No one wants to see a guy struggle. But the, the likelihood of him just, you know, kicking into high gear and turning it on is... It can certainly happen. You've seen it happen with plenty of players before. I mean, look at Elias Lindholm when he went to Calgary. Um, and, I feel you know, like all the players that – I was just talking about this last night with one of my buddies. I feel like all the players leave Carolina and they just pop off. Yeah. You know, Jeff Skinner popped off for a little bit with Buffalo. Elias Lindholm, great example. Guys, mm-hmm. lights out right now for Calgary. Yeah. Uh, even Eric Stahl, wonderful for us. But, you know, he had a few bad years, and then everyone's like, oh, we got to get rid of him. 40 yeah. goals season with Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 40 goals at, like, you know, not even in his prime or anything. Still able yeah, to like, put up 40 like goals. 37, 36 yeah. years old. Probably 35, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 
So that that kind of stuff to me ha- that that has a lot to do with you know guys that are good. Like if you thought that Eric Stahl wasn't a good player, you're just not smart. Uh, like honestly, or you're just too frustrated to to use logic. You're just reacting emotionally, which yeah. I can understand from a fan's point of view. We have plenty of friends that I got the Eric Stahl sucks text all the time, and I'd be like, he doesn't suck. I mean, yeah. he's been the best. He's gotten the most points on this team every year for like the last eight years. So if he sucks, then who else is good on this team? Yeah, he's just having a rough season. You know? but, who, but who are you playing with? You know? having a rough season. So yeah, it, it's you're right. A lot of people do act. But there's a reason why 